Look like I'm fresh out the water, put that on my daughter, I'm dripping mystique. Pin to the pad of my author and marathon jogger, been running for weeks. Yeah, I tell no lies, my eyes on the prize, you lose by choosing to blink. I found a treasure by taking on pressure and pushing myself to the brink. Looked in the mirror to tell me that I'ma be wealthy, I said I concur. What's going on? I'm Bobby J from City Chapters. This is our podcast. We're on chapter 10 with Brennan Pointer. Uh, he's the owner of Spocast. And he handles City Chapters podcast production, and he owns this studio where we've been recording. Um, yeah, so it only makes sense to have him on because he's been behind the scenes this whole time with us and making my vision come to life with this podcast. So I want to help promote his business and how you can start your own podcast as well, if that's something you're interested in, because Brennan makes it seamless and easy. And uh, it's been a major blessing for me to work with them because I've had this idea for this podcast for a while, but it was really hard to do on my own. Um, and like I said, Brendan makes it seamless. It's easy. I show up, I do my thing, and he handles and gets me the files, and it's all done professional. Sounds great. Um, so what's up, Brendan? What's up? How's it going, Bobby? This is a... This is a, a dream come true or a daydream come true at least. I, I I was thinking about this. I'm like, ah, I want maybe someday I'll be on City Chapters. I know you we talked about it, but now it's happening and I'm excited to be a guest. I this is actually very difficult for me because I don't ever I'm not usually guests on podcasts. I'm usually hosting them or yeah. t- doing leading them and I feel like I might end up taking on over, but don't let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're just going to have an easy conversation. Perfect. You know, so, um, so yeah, what's uh, what's your quick backstory? Where were you born, raised, all those kinds of things? Uh, born in Peoria, Illinois, um, home of Caterpillar. Uh, the, the, uh, and But my family, my dad moved around a lot when we were younger. He was a chemical engineer, and... He moved around from Illinois to St. Louis, Chicago, uh, Nashville, and then ended up here in Spokane, Washington in 1990 um, to work at Kaiser Aluminum to help kind of manage part of their plant. And so I've been in Spokane on the north side, uh, went to Colbert Elementary, went to Mead Middle, and then went to Mount Spokane High School, graduated from there in 2002. And so, yeah, I've, I've been, I would consider myself a, an original spoke. Like I, this is my home. This is like where I'm from, but I'm not, I'm a transplant technically, but, yeah. but I, but I feel like I'm a, was born and raised here. So, but it's a lie if I tell people that, but yeah, you're raised here. Yeah. I was raised here. <laughs> born, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, it's not, I mean, uh, you know, r- early on, I, was really into running and cross country, like high school. I, that's what I was mainly doing in high school and, and met my wife and at the end of my senior year at Mount Spokane and really we just hit it off. And how did you guys meet? We actually met at a debate tournament. Um, in debate, there's two sides of debate. There's the the debating side and then there's like the dramatic side. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was on the dramatic side. I, uh, did like a, a dual interpretation. And anyways, we were, had gone over there. She went to Ferris high school and I went to Mount Spokane, but we had went on the same charter bus mm. and we met at a hotel and we kind of just hung out one night and stayed up till like two o'clock in the morning talking all night. And 
just really hit it off. And she was actually the first girl I date dated. And then, uh, I mean, long, very long story short, like four years later in 2005 or yeah, three years later, we, we were married. So we've been married 17 years now. So it's been a... You feel like that was like a soulmate situation? I got, I, I feel that way. Like I, yeah, I've known a lot of people who've gotten married super young and they're divorced now. Course, and yeah, most, most, most of the time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would say like, we've had a pretty stable relationship over the last 17 years. Like we've, it's been very, I would say my relationship with my wife has been like the easiest thing in my life. Like it's never been, never been very complicated or difficult. Like she's very easy to love and she's an amazing woman. She, when I met her, when I was 18, she was like, I'm, I'm going to go to college and become an accountant. Mm -hmm. And, uh, not many uh, high schoolers like dream is to become an accountant, but that was her dream. And she became an accountant, got her CPA license and, and yeah, she like, she just did it and just went for it. And Mm -hmm. she's totally an inspiration to me of just uh, being so focused on what you want to become and then doing it. Uh, And, and now she has a really good job. She works for a local, paper company it's called Clearwater paper but uh yeah she she's uh she does she doesn't even really do accounting anymore she does more like business um uh i don't really know i honestly i do not know what my wife does she does <laughs> she looks at spreadsheets a lot i know that and yeah, she's yeah. does a lot of project management i think that's kind of what she does right but uh she's an amazing woman and i would definitely not be who i am without her so yeah definitely i mean you guys have spent most of your life together yeah that's pretty wild to meet your other half at such a young age and it like you said be one of the easiest things in your life that's a major blessing yeah you know i I don't i don't know um relationships that deeply i've never been past a relationship past a few years so that's uh that's a that's another world but (laughs) the ones that i have seen it doesn't seem like it's that easy so to hear that is that way for you that's yeah, that's pretty I mean, sweet, man. Well, you know, we didn't have kids super early either. Like, we yeah. got married in '05, and it we didn't have our kids until we were until ten years later. After, mm-hmm. I mean, we celebrated our ten year anniversary when she was about six months pregnant, and so we we really had ten years of our life where we got to go do what we like wanted to do. We got to go, you know, hang out with our friends. We wanted to hang out with them. We traveled. We, I, during that time in my life, I was super confused, like with work and what I was going to do when we, like when we first met, I didn't even, I had never worked a real job in my life. And Mm -hmm. I had gone bouncing around from job. I like worked at hot dog on a stick. I worked at Red Robin. I did, I worked on a, a, a landscaping company for a couple summers and and when I got married, I, I was like, I need to, I need to have a job that's stable and can provide for my wife and can give us insurance. And so I actually went and worked at a, a local manufacturing plant that's no longer here called Flexcel. Um, it was an office man, manufacturing company and I made cubicle walls for a living. Mm. And I worked on an assembly line for three years and I was young and like, 
this, you know, it was easy work because it was just like you just work on an assembly and making these cubicle walls. But it was in that time, I was like, I hate this. And as soon as she got out of college, I was like, I need to go back. I need to, I need to discover what I'm going to do because I can't be in manufacturing my whole life. Right. So. Yeah. So what did you do? Um, well, and when I was doing manufacturing, I actually did a, we, they had these breakout sessions where like you could, they took people from the, the assembly lines and they like had them go work with management and help them like make the process of what they were, what we were doing on the assembly lines easier. And so we were, I went and like did this like three month long project and got really involved in that, but like was doing a lot of stuff in designing. I was designing a lot of stuff. I was making PowerPoints, presentations. And I had a lot of experience when I was younger, like working on newspaper and working within design programs, like, and, but I never really had done too much other than like doing newspaper design. Mm -hmm. But someone told me like, man, you, you're pretty good at that. Like you can do that really quickly. Like, have you thought about going to, to school? And I was like, I haven't, but I had a neighbor who went through the Spokane Falls Community College design program back in the mid nineties. Mm. And she talked it up like, cause she, she got a job right out of college and went and worked for the spokesman review. And I remember her telling me that and I went and talked to her and I'm like, should I do that? And she's like, yeah, it's great. Like if you, you don't even need to really go get a, a four year degree, you can get this two year certificate in design and you can get a job right out of col- out of getting an AA. Right. And so that's what I went and did. I went to, I went to Spokane Falls and I went into the design program there and I got my AA in um, graphic design. And then I actually went back for a third year and got another AA in web design. Mm -hmm. And so, and you, did you do that? Did you, you, oh, you didn't do that. Okay. I thought maybe you had uh, some, maybe you'd gone through the falls. I did go to the falls for a little bit for business like type classes essentially. Mm. Um, but no, I didn't go for the design program. I I kind of didn't really know what I was trying to do when I was going to the falls, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, I was just like, I want to know more about business. And then um, I started Third Kind Apparel, got a job at Zome Design. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of like where a lot of my education probably came from because I started learning more about graphic design through the years I worked there, um, mainly just self-taught on a lot of that, but I learned a lot more about the garment industry through mm-hmm. Zoom. I mean, yeah. that was kind of my college going to Zoom, you yeah. know, in a way. Just, yeah. And I, I've, I've, I think I've mentioned this a lot of times on other podcasts or to other people, but I, I never actually graduated. I like, I missed two credits mm-hmm. and I don't think I technically ever got my degree at uh spokane falls but mm. but anyways that led to got what you need i got yeah. what i need yeah like school is one of those things like i think it's great but like also like i could have saved a lot of money and learned that stuff too by myself but you know school has its purpose but yeah it's also you know i don't know how much it's needed when you want to do stuff like design um but yeah that led to me getting a, a full-time job right out of college uh I worked at a, a diesel aftermarket e-commerce website in Post Falls. It was based in Post Falls at the time. Mm. And I went, they needed a designer to help them do graphics for their web pages and stuff like that. And and that was 
like they were just changing their specials a lot. Like they had a lot of specials that they were running all the time. What like was the name of that business? It's called Alligator Performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're still around. They're still around. Yeah, they're, they're they've been around. Um, it was they were about they've been around for about two years when I started there. And when I started there, they were pretty small. There was like a team of five, and then, and I kind of got there at the right time. And I, I've always kind of had a. I've never been a great designer. I'm not a great, like I don't do design that well. I'm really well versed in like the the technical aspects of it, but I'm not like I'm no like artist or anything like that. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean. Because it's like when you compare a graphic design world, like there's levels. Right. To yeah. It. There's different levels. If yeah. If you really know what's out there, like it's hard to consider yourself great because there's some people out there that are just insane. It's just like in any comparison, like to anything in this world nowadays, like, yeah, you could be good at something, but to be great or. There's this, there's individuals in this world that are accelerated at so many different things. For it's, sure, yeah. I'm that same way too. Like people are like, "Oh, bro, you you know you, I like your graphic design." I'm like, I'm amateur yeah. at best. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just do simple designs. I know how to make simple designs look clean. Mm-hmm. But as far as like my graphic design skill set, it is limited. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah, I I I've done I've made some a couple of cool logos in my time but like everything yeah. else is always just kind of like it's it's funded it, it's given me a lot of the tools that i do now like mm-hmm. that that creative mind aspect has really helped me develop to who i am today but when yeah. i was there at alligator performance i really found a knack in like the marketing aspect and how to like build like marketing plans and you know, how can we build, get more customers purchasing our stuff? And, you know, when I got there, it was like 2010. And so Facebook, like business pages didn't really exist. They were just starting. And I helped grow their Facebook page from zero to like 20,000 followers in a year. Mm -hmm. And at the time, like there wasn't really there wasn't really a, a job title for that. Mm-hmm. And so I really learned a lot through that of like helping manage their social media and then do other marketing stuff like doing Google AdWords, like not doing it for them personally, but like working with a team that helped do it. But when I was like working with this team, I was like, this is, we're paying this team. We're man- We're spending about, $20,000, like, let's say $20,000 a month in advertising, and we're paying this team $5,000 to do it for us. And I'm, like, looking at what they're doing. I'm, like, this is not worth, mm-hmm. like, how much it costs yeah. for them to manage it. Right. And I was, like, I could do that. And I ended up leaving there uh, kind of prematurely, but it wor- worked out for the best. But I... But through that time there, I just learned so much in marketing and developing brand strategy and just working working with local clients to or working with local um, like doing B two B stuff like getting apparel done, getting stickers done, doing all this stuff. And I kind of took that like marketing coordination and took that and did worked at other places around the area doing a lot of marketing co- coordination and. But I still always bounced around. Like I always had this like two year itch. I was just like, I always got 
kind of tired of what I was doing or where I was at after two years. And, and at one point I was like, I think I'm going to quit marketing and I'm just going to become a grand groundskeeper and like work on a golf course. I was like, I thought maybe that was my, I was really, I was playing a lot of golf at the time. And I was like, you know, one way to play a lot of golf is to be a groundskeeper. And, and so I started doing that and, and I hate it. And then I, and then I realized I hated that. But the one thing I... What course were you at? I was actually at a... There's a really... It's called a Rock Creek. It's a it's a private course. Uh, uh, it's a private country club right across from Black Rock on Lake Coeur d'Alene. And it's the most... It's a beautiful golf course. It's mm-hmm. about 20 people play it on in a day. Mm-hmm. And we would go out and we would mow the greens, the tee boxes, and we do the... Um, fairways every other day and and we'd rake every we'd hand rake almost every bunker there was probably about I think there was like close to like 50 plus bunkers on that course and uh, but it was like this working it was it was fun like being outside and and sweating and and like having that be like my day-to-day but I was also driving from like like Spokane to yeah. there every day yeah. and that was a bit of a drag but during that time is when i started listening to podcasts mm. like i had i mean i i think i had an definitely had a, an ipod but i would download my i would download my podcasts and i would just listen to those all day long mm. like it was just like it was eight hours a day of just podcasts, but like just discovering you which podcast you used to listen to in the beginning. The biggest ones that I listened to in the beginning was I listened to uh, WTF with Mark Marin. Um, he's probably like the OG, like he's one of the OG podcasters. Um, I listened to Adam Carolla. Um, I listened to, Oh man, it was um, Chris Hardwick. He was, uh, I forgot what his, he changed his name of his, his podcast multiple times. And then I think later in the end of the two thousands, he kind of got canceled for some stuff. I I don't think he got canceled, canceled, but he, he just, his podcast kind of switched. But my biggest one was Mark Maron's WTF. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an interview style podcast. He interviews um, comedians, celebrities, and just has, you know, conversations all like this. Mm -hmm. And that's what really like, um, struck me. Oh, and I know what else I listen to a lot of. I listen to a ton of fantasy football because mm-hmm. I'm, I've played fantasy football since like 2003 with my buddies and listened to fantasy football podcasts nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and, but it was listening to these podcasts. I was like, I, I could do this. Like I could, I could talk on a microphone. That doesn't seem very hard. And, uh, and it was a so and during this time, like I was I had been working on a golf course. I had went and worked at another marketing company, or not a marketing company, but um another uh in-house doing in-house marketing for a it was a multi-level marketing company called Life Shots and Oxyfresh. And it's actually it was actually in Coeur d'Alene too. I had all these jobs in Coeur d'Alene. I don't and I'm I would never live in Coeur d'Alene, but I, <laughs> nothing wrong with Coeur d'Alene, but I would never would live there, but I was always traveling there. But, uh, but I, yeah, but I was always having these two year itches too. Like where I was just like, I got kind of sick and tired of what I was doing and personal stuff would happen. Like around the time when I was kind of having all this stuff, my parents of 30 years got divorced 
Yeah. And that really fucked me up because because really? when you because when we talked about like getting married at such a young age, like that's what my parents did. Yeah. Like my parents got married at a super young. They met when they were in high school. They mm. they went to prom together. They mm. you know they did all the things and you know my vision of what a good relationship looked like was was your parents was my parents yeah. and and when they well it wasn't even when they got divorced they hadn't even been divorced yet they had just kind of separated that was just kind of life altering mm. and I. That's when I like, I don't know, like there was, I, I went back to the golf course a couple of times and, but the golf course was always kind of like a, it seemed to be it, like a changing point in my life. Like this is what I'm going to do next. And, um, in 2014, when my parents were getting separated and divorced, me and my wife were also having major like fertility issues, like we, not issues. I shouldn't say it was an issue. Um, but we couldn't get pregnant naturally. And we had tried for, in 2010, we had decided to, you know, like after five years of marriage, we're like, we're going to make this step to, to have a start a family. We always wanted to start a family, but it just wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, and after two years of just trying the the natural way, we, we went and, uh, you know, started doing all the fertility stuff and we did a lot of that and so all of this was happening and I was listening to a lot of podcasts and uh and then my parents are getting divorced and then at the beginning of 2015 I uh had left my my marketing job in Coeur d'Alene and I went and worked for Zero Res mm-hmm. um did carpet cleaning for mm-hmm. three months were you actually doing the carpet cleaning or were you doing marketing for them? No, I was, I was, I was, my friend actually did marketing for them. Okay. Uh, he was, he had, he had left his longtime job at KXLY and he went and worked at uh, Zeros to run their marketing. Hmm. And, and he was, and I was like, can, do you think that's something I could do? Like, could you, could you put a good word in for me to, to be a carpet cleaner? And he was just like, <laughs> are you sure you want to do that, Brennan? And I'm like, well, you, I mean, you guys say you can make a lot of money doing it. You can make up the blah, blah, blah per year. And I was like, it seems like it'd be a good job. And, you know, like if, you know, this might be a good way for me to make money for the family and, you know, might work with our schedules. And then, you know, maybe this is, I want to get away from marketing and do this. And it was, I was, it was three months of, I wouldn't say doing carpet cleaning is hell because um, I love zero res and carpet cleaning. And because I, uh, I ended up doing a lot of marketing for them later. Uh, but my hands never hurt so much in my life. Like mm. it's like the vibration, the pulling of the, like you pull this like wand yeah. all day long. Mm. And, and the biggest part of it is hustling. Like it, being a, a technician at at Zero is like you, you have to you have to knock door. You you're expected to knock doors and get pick up new jobs because like you, the whole yeah. p- purpose is like you get your you get your route, but like how much can you add to your route? Like yeah. or can you get some extra jobs at another date? Like that's how you made money. Mm-hmm. Like, and I hated that. I hated trying to sell carpet cleaning to people. I always just kind of wanted to go and I'm, cause I'm a nice guy. I always wanted to make it like, Hey, you 
booked three rooms. I'm going to clean your three rooms. I'm going to offer these extra services to you, but I'm not going to really push them on you. Yeah. Um, so I got really good review ratings, but I got terrible like sales sales ratings <laughs> and like, and it's like you want yeah. to have both. You want to have good sales yeah. and good reviews, but I just wasn't selling. And I also like you were wor- yeah. working seven to seven a.m. to seven at night. Yeah. Like some days, five days a week, and it was just like it was tough. It was like I it's it, like I reverted back to working in a cubicle wall factory, mm. and it just it wasn't where I so really wanted to be anymore. Yeah, it sounds like you. You had to go. You went through a lot of jobs that really weren't fulfilling your your purpose. Uh, you weren't really finding anything that you loved yet at this point. Yeah, it was just kind of like they were all kind of like a struggle. You're like, there's got to be more to this. I can't. Yeah. I can't keep doing this thing. There's got to be a better option. Yeah. No. So you kept sifting through jobs. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing carpet cleaning would be an easy job and long hours. Plus, you, you're trying to then do sales on top of that. That would just, you know, that that takes a unique character to be able to go out there, do the cleaning, get sales. Like, you know, you got to kind of be an ego-driven <laughs> yeah. person that's like, I'm going to clean all the carpets and get all the money, which is good, dog. You know, like earn your hustle whichever way you do but for me i don't think i would do well at that either because i'm not i don't like to push sales on people Mm -hmm. i don't you know i don't like knocking on doors uh you know like literally going up to someone's house knocking on their door or something i don't like it when people do it at my house yeah like i don't (laughs) i don't answer the door yeah if you're knocking on my door like I'm not gonna. Pit, I'm not gonna answer. I just hide. I hide. I like. I always try to like. If someone yeah. knocks on my door, I just like. <laughs> I like. I'm like trying to like. Get get away and just wait for them to leave. Yeah. I'm like on my ring. I mean, especially like, at this <laughs> day and age, I just feel like there's so many ways you can market your company. Why are you knocking on my door? Right. Like this is like I'm. You know that your home is. You know, this isn't the 50s. This isn't <laughs> right. the, like the home is like where you try to retreat from this maniac world that we <laughs> live in. It was funny the other day, actually. This is a funny story. Like I, you know, have ring on my house. So I uh, I was somewhere else. I wasn't home. I see a guy, he like rings the doorbell. You can tell he's trying to sell something. He has the iPad out and he's just waiting, you know, mm-hmm. then he leaves. Well, I come back hours later. This is like, let's say noon or like 11 a.m. This guy was there or something like yeah. that. I'm back home around like four. I like just got home. I'm like turning on my hose to uh, water the plants real quick. And then all of a sudden I turn around. That same guy is in my lawn. Oh, my gosh. Like, hey, man. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, yo, you're still on the block, man. I saw you on my ring earlier. Like, <laughs> are you hiding in the bushes? Like. He's like, so he was just trying to um, sell bug spray stuff, you know, for the perimeter of the house. <laughs> and I'm like, dog, we just sprayed the house, you know. But uh, he's like, well, uh, could I get some water out of the hose? It's hot out here. You know, it was like 100 something that day. I'm like, of course, brother, I'll get you filtered water from inside. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, but I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not buying nothing, dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's funny. We used to play one of the things we used to do, my buddies, we would call the Mormon church and tell them to go to this, go to the, our friend's house. And we would just, it was, I, yeah, I would just that's think, awesome. just, but I think you could do the same with zero. I mean, I should start doing that. Just 
calling people and say, hey, show up at, at Bobby's house. <laughs> What's perfectly? Start really sending these people over to... Oh, yeah. How oh, many man. people could you get to show up to one person's house? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, but Zero's was... Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, and But it was at that time when my wife, we had been doing a procedure called IVF when we had done it. Mm. We... We, it's just a one time you go and retrieve eggs and then you have like a certain amount of eggs that are good to go. Like they, they then freeze them, they freeze the eggs and then they, we went through two sessions and the eggs didn't, you know, it didn't happen. Mm. And so we had one, we had two more eggs left and this was February of, uh, of 20, of 2015. And they're like, okay, because they didn't, the place we, we went to SRM here in Spokane um, and they're like, we don't usually, we don't like trying to have multiples, um, but we have two eggs left. One of the eggs isn't, you know, isn't the best candidate, but you know, we're going to put two in. There's a good chance you could have twins. There's a good chance. I mean, there's, there's, there is a chance that you could have triplets because one of them, one of the eggs could become twins or, and so we were like, okay, like that's, that's cool. And, uh, and they they took both of them, and so it was, and so right around that time, I was like, I was like, I know I don't want to do zero res, and I don't really know what I'm going to do anymore. But I n- know that we're having twins, so I'm like, childcare is expensive, and I was like, I think Abby, I might need to become a stay at home dad, like because that seems to be, like we're talking thousands of dollars. That like eventually put our kids in. The, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. Like a month after our kids are being born, or not being born, but before yeah. like a month after yeah, they're yeah, yeah. kind of conceived, and but yeah, and so I I was kind of on like a discovery of like what am I gonna do, and that's when I I went back to the golf course and worked pretty much a full season there, and just because I knew it was a an easy way to to make some to make money and, uh, and kind of clear my head and listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, but at that same time, my buddy who had gotten me the job at zero had actually came up with the idea that he wanted to start a marketing company. Um, and because at, Z- at zero he had, so the zero here in Spokane is owned by a, um, a guy named Jerry, Jerry McGee, and he owns a couple of other zero reses um, outside of Spokane. And they were just killing it marketing-wise. Like, they having the best sales, having just getting a ton of recognition for how much, uh, how well they do their marketing. And a lot of other zero reses were coming to Tony and Jeremy and were like, hey, we, we want your help. Can you help us do marketing? And they're like, yeah, we can do that. And I think through that, they decided, you know what, we should just become a, we should start a marketing agency. Like we should hire the, the marketing agent that we, we started to run our zero and then do marketing for other people. And, and that's where the idea for the wood shop was born from Jeremy and uh, Tony Baird. And, and I had this background in marketing, Google ads, social media management, web design, brand design, logo, like just doing a bunch of different stuff. And uh, 
Tony had asked me, hey, do you want to help us do the website and help us do the branding? And I'm like, sure, I can do that. Uh, And I kind of told him like, I really don't want you to pay me for this, but I I think they did pay me for it. But I was like, if I help you do this, maybe consider me for a a future job. Like once you, because their their plan was to kind of do, have an agency, but like kind of outsource all of the pieces of it. Like do all the, all the other pieces like the Google AdWords or the Mm -hmm. social media management, like outsource it to another agency. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember just telling Tony, like, don't do that. Like, just have me do it. I can do that. I can mm-hmm. don't pay someone this. You're losing so much money to have another team manage it. Uh, so let me do it. Um, Cause there's only a couple of uh, places at the time. And that's when I write like literally my, I had made the website and the branding for the wood shop. And on September 26, uh, 2015, this is when my children were born. I, I feel like a couple of weeks, like in October, like a couple of weeks later, Tony offered me a part-time job as um, helping them do marketing and helping them do social media management for their zero reses. And, and I was like, and I, me and Abby talked about it and she's like, yeah, like do that, like go and work in an agency. And I was like, but it's like not going to really, like we're going to have to get someone to, watch the kids and it's going to, you know, it doesn't really make sense like to, and it was that time where like you could, I was like, your job could just pay for the, my job could just pay for the childcare. But I think if I would have been a stay at home dad, I would have been miserable, like staying at home, like having to, like, I'm not saying like raising my children is like, I would be miserable raising my children, but there are some people that are, that are the more well, uh, or what am I trying to say? Are are better fit for raising their children, and I'm not. Like I, I think I would have ended up playing video games and just like rocking them and like feeding yeah. them. Like I think I would have been a a pretty shitty stay at home dad. Yeah. And so we, and so I decided we decided to for me to go do that part time, and and then that turned into a full time job within three months, and. Yeah, it was a, it was a big, not a big risk. It was not a risk at all, but it was a, it was one of those things like as a designer going to the the falls, like you always, you saw the agencies in Spokane, like seven, two or, um, you know, the big ones and you saw all the good designers go work at agencies. And I was like, when I was in design school, I'm like, I'm never going to go work at an agency. Like I'm not, I'm not good enough. Mm. And, uh, and then when I got that job, I was like, it was pretty small. We were working at Zero Res in like a little small room about the size of this, this me, Tony, and sometimes Jeremy, the uh, the other, the owner of Zero Res. And we were small. Like we didn't have, we had aspirations of growing, but like not really, not to where they're at now, which is, they're really big now, but. The wood shop. The wood shop, yeah. It was, it started with. Tony and Jeremy and then me, but now they have like 12 employees and they have a space right downtown. And, Mm -hmm. but I've seen their, I've seen their stuff around. Yeah. But sure how or where, but I've seen it. Yeah. But I think it was there where I, I really like 
really grew into the the brand developer that I am today. And really what I learned there, like really helped lead towards, you know, what I'm doing now. Um, Cause like at that same time in 2015, it was, it was <laughs> me and my buddy had decided to start podcasting. We had, we were like, okay, let's do our, let's start. Like when my kids were born, like we had released two episodes before my kids were born. And then, and then I, what was the podcast? so the podcast was a fantasy football podcast. Okay. And cause we, there wasn't enough fantasy po- football podcasts apparently. So for those who don't know, fantasy football podcasts are, they're kind of like a dime a dozen in the, like in, yeah. in the, in the podcasting world. Like there's a, a million fantasy football, fantasy, whatever podcasts. And we thought it would be fun to just shoot the shit once a week, mm-hmm. talk about, fantasy football but like no one listened like we were getting five six seven listens a week and but we kept it consistent like we were doing it during the football season once a week and we did it for two years but it was just like but no one was listening and he lived in san francisco so it was remote we were doing like a call-in like Mm -hmm. we were i was using this like um lawyers use this way to record their conversations with their clients and i was using this app to to record our conversations on our phone and we were using our headsets to make it sound somewhat better, but it still sounded like we were on a telephone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's where we, that's where I got my kind of got my foot in to start the, making podcasts, learning how to edit podcasts and putting music to it. And, uh, but it, that's where it started. And it started because uh, Tony was like, you should just do something for fun. Like have, like have a creative outlet. And, and so I started podcasting. Um, Mm. yeah. All right. So how long were you at the wood shop for then? I was at the wood shop for five years. Uh, I was there from 2015 to 2020. And originally when I started there, I did everything. I mean, I didn't do everything, but I did a lot of the heavy, like the, I want to make it sound a lot better than I, I did a lot more than I did. I, but I did social media management. I did some brand development and I ran Google AdWords. Like Google AdWords was a big thing. Like, mm-hmm. cause it, it was our biggest, it was how we made the most money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't bill a ton on it. I mean, cause like the cost there, but like we yeah, would make sense. That'd be one of the higher. Yeah. Like streams. people spend people thousands have. of dollars on Google AdWords. Like yeah. it's, it's a monster, right. and and people aren't looking on social media for carpet cleaning. They're looking on Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're looking on Google, yeah. and social media was mostly just as a way to like stay active. Right. Like, here, here's our offer. Here's yeah. like some got to stuff we're doing. Yeah, that's not where the money's gonna come. No, yeah, it was kind of like a just an added perk. Yeah. Uh, just to be visible. But yeah, you could. I mean, when you're doing in Google AdWords, you're like you can track performance there so well. Yeah, like, analytics are crazy. And like radio is, and the other thing Zero is really big for big on is radio. Like if you listen to any yeah, local radio. I've heard them on there. Like they're, they're everywhere. And that was mm-hmm. their other big piece of what they did. Uh, and, but yeah, like. So for how long was like the wood shops clientele just really zero uh zero res um zero res res, yeah so it started out it was 
I think it was like three or four different zero reses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was for the first like six months. Mm-hmm. And then just through like connections that Tony had made um, and through connections that Jeremy had made, we started doing some social media management for uh, Delish Hamburgers mm-hmm. and One Tree Hard Cider. Mm. Um, nice. And and actually Grant Barnes, the owner of One Tree Hard Cider, was a, he was a tech at Zero Res about maybe eight years before that. He, like, he mm-hmm. kind of came up with Jeremy when they were starting out. Mm. And, and so that's how the, the connection with One Tree. But I started helping them manage their social media in 2000 and, uh, yeah, 2016 in the spring, both of those accounts. And, and I, I, and, and so we added them and then we added, we kept on adding more and more, um, zero reses and other, uh, kind of industry style clients. And, but my, I slowly, we, so as I was doing everything, we started adding more people to the team, someone to help with email marketing, someone to help with web design, someone to help with um, graphic design. And slowly I, I started losing all the, the fun pieces of marketing of mm-hmm. doing, you know, brand design and uh, doing that type of stuff. And I was at the, t- at the end of my time there, I was only doing Google AdWords. Mm-hmm. And, and if we want to talk about, and uh, I forgive me, Tony, and I've probably told you this, but if you're if you ever listen to this, uh, if you want to talk about soul sucking marketing work, uh, run some Google AdWords for about thirty different clients, yeah, and manage close to a hundred thousand dollars a month and in, in in a ad spend because it is it is the most stress. It's the most stressful, anxiety-inducing job in the world because you're you have I had so many different clients. I was spending so much money, and everybody wants results, yeah. and ever and you want to do. Everybody wants to see performance. They want to like mm-hmm. you want they want reviews, mm-hmm. and it it like I, I swear to God I had multiple panic panic attacks a week like I was mm. and I was always checking my phone like emails mm. like am I gonna get an email from a client like yeah sounds terrible it was it was tough and I was also like I was also not doing the fun stuff anymore at, at the at the wood shop I wasn't doing social media management too much anymore I what I wasn't creative directing anything and so I I really just I really was got just burnt t- out. I got burnt out yeah, yeah. Got burnt out. Yeah. And uh, you had good reason. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, part of doing any kind of work for a client when it comes to marketing or ad agencies is the creative process. I mean, Google AdWords, it's not, it's, I mean, there's creativity there on how you kind of can, you know, run the ads or like yeah. play with those things but you're not like doing any design work yeah. it's not like you know it's all this analytical shit which is you know yeah it brings in the dollars but it's not necessarily like something that exciting and then add on top you got your clients that are going to stress you and yeah yeah no nah, nah. it's fun work i mean it's fun work when it's working and you're you're you know you're tracking all the 
you know, when yeah, when, how when it's working. It, it, the cool thing was about it is that it was working. It was, it was always working, mostly. Mm-hmm. And you know, then like in they every base was different uh, with like their lulls or how it wasn't working. But you know, like at the end of the day, like they have a KPI, like mm-hmm. a you know key performance indicator of what they want to, uh, how much they want to accomplish, how much they want each lead to cost them, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff was just yeah stressful and. But I will say the one good thing about not the one good thing, <clears throat> uh, one of the many good things about working at the wood shop, but was that they really cared about you as a person and how you were doing mentally and you know self care and and through that time I was I had been working with a a work uh, a work coach um, like an ontological coach that kind of like helped me like figure out like my me like more about me and you know at the same time like i was still dealing with a lot of my parents stuff of you know divor- getting divorced after 30 years and having kids and not really loving what i was doing and so they i was seeing a work coach and or a life coach i guess i should call it it was more life of a life coach. a life coach mm-hmm. and and they also still gave me time every week to personally work on my own projects like I they gave me I think four hours a week to have personal time like on the clock work and during that time is when I was still podcasting I was still uh you know we had switched my fantasy football podcast from being a fantasy football podcast to a a 90s nostalgia podcast um called the super 90s brothers and and when me and my buddy Adam made that switch to creating that podcast, uh, we started seeing immediate results of getting more listens, uh, people being interested in in the in the in the shows themselves, and it was actually really fulfilling to be making a podcast that people were listening to and getting getting feedback on, and friends were telling me like, "Oh, this that episode was great," and but I, we were still doing it remotely, and it was very. You know, that part was tough because it was just, you can, it, the sound quality was always kind of off. Like it was just, you can go back and listen to it. Like I haven't took them all down. My friend wants me to, he's like, take down the ones that sound like shit. Cause like they just sound bad. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to like, it's, it's there. It's our, it's, it's our, it's our work in progress. Like it's, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but they, I still had this creative outlet of making that podcast with a buddy. But one day, I we got a an Apple review, and the guy said, "What did he say? Yeah, uh, basically like, love the idea of the show, but the sound sucks. The sound quality is awful. Like, so I'm out." And I was just like, "God, that sucks." Yeah, <laughs> and. I was like, what can we do? And then yeah. and that was always in the back of my mind. Like, what can we do to make this sound better? Because my friend lived in the Bay Area. Like, we can't, like, do a live podcast um, or in-person podcast. Uh, and at the woodshop, I had been given the opportunity to go to a marketing convention in Portland. And it was at this marketing convention that I had... Th- there was a couple of breakout sessions on how to uh, utilize podcasting for your business. Like, how do you, how do you use podcasting for your business? And I was like, Hmm, that's an interesting idea. And then I went to another breakout session that was like how to do marketing for podcasts. And I was like, I was like, 
a lot of this, it started turning a lot of wheels in my head of like podcasting as a service. I was just like, well, I was like thinking about Spokane. I was like, this doesn't exist. Like it doesn't exist in Spokane where you can go to a studio and record a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, what well, I don't really even know how to start. Cause I don't, I'm, I'm making a podcast on my phone. Like, but I was like, it was in the back of my mind, like podcasting was something that I could, offer to clients or I could uh, start doing more of um, in-person podcasts. And I actually went back to the wood shopping because we kind of had a, a little meeting, you know, like how did the, you know, how did the uh, the convention go? And I was like, I told Tony, I was like, dude, I think we should offer podcasting to our clients, like as an option for them to like, as a way to like leverage their business. Mm-hmm. And and he was like, ah, oh, like I, I, I like where your head's at, but I just don't think we have any like interest in really pursuing that right now. Cause there wasn't a really a, a business model there. There wasn't really anything that would show like, Hey, pay us to make a podcast. This will help you, you know, get more business. And, but it was there. I was like, you know what? I need to figure out how to produce a podcast like in-person podcast i need to buy equipment i need to i need to start teaching myself this trade that i've 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 learned the editing piece of it the editing piece came really naturally but i need to like get all the pieces uh and at the same time i had two um i still have two friends my, my friends andrea nate um nate um had came to me and he was like, Hey, we should start a podcast together. And I was like, okay. Like in one weekend we had gone to me, him and Andrea had gone to Lizzo in Seattle and we were just driving there and we were like talking about, you know, starting podcasts. And, and we, we decided when we got back to like really seriously consider it and what, what that would look like. And we had a meeting that we went into, we went to the Peacock lounge and had some martinis and we're just talking about, you know, podcast ideas. And he was like, you know what we should do? We should do and this. He kind of came with this idea. He's like, we should do a locally centric podcast where we were featuring people in Spokane. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love this idea. Like, this, I, cause like at the time, like, and this is 2000. What? Yeah. What year is this? This is 2019. Uh, and nothing had really nothing really existed yet uh, as like a podcast about Spokane and, and yet we were just like, yeah, let's do it. And, but I was like, but I was like, how are we going to get guests? Like, I don't know a ton of people. I, I know you don't know a ton of people, but we could try. And we were like, you know, what we should ask is our friend who went with us to Lizzo, Andrea, who also worked at the wood shop with me. She, uh, we should ask her because she knows everyone in Spokane. Mm-hmm. And so we like called her up and said, Hey, you're, you're missing the meeting. You're missing the meeting you're supposed to be a part of. And she's like, what are you talking about? And so she came and she was like on board and we started, that's when we started Spokast like that from that, that meeting and at uh, the Peacock lounge. And we came up with the name Spokast at that time too, together. And, and about a month later, we had we started recording our first um, our, our first episode and and we just did it in Nate's apartment, his condo, which was really close to the wood shop and kind of a, and 
but we, you know, I, I bought all the pieces. I'd bought four microphones. I'd bought this little, it's called a zoom recorder. Uh, and it has like four XLR inputs and you could just, you can just put it on your table and put the mics, connect some mics to it. And, uh, that's how, uh, that's how we started. That's how Spokecast like started. And it, it was, and it was magical. It was such a, a um, an amazing like experience, like to start this podcast. And our first guests on the show were uh, Ginger Ewing and Luke Baumgarten, and from terrain. and from Terrain. And we, and uh, Andrea is really good friends with uh, with uh, Luke. And it was a great first couple guests because they, they're you know they're really they're spoke they're. Tr- True and blue. I don't know if it's true and blue, but they're really passionate Spokenites, and yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, it it was Probably it was helped get you listeners. I'm sure. You know, it, at at first, like it was just a hustle of we started an Instagram, a Spokecast Instagram, which is still the same Spokecast Instagram that I'm running today. Uh, I've mm. changed the handle a couple times, but uh, we kind of launched it. Um, you know, a month before our first episode dropped our first full episode dropped and it was really just hustling like to get people to to know about it tell tell people about it um like what what ways were you hustling uh i bought sticker mule Mm -hmm. got coasters stickers just Mm -hmm. every time we had a guest on we had the like we had coasters to give them stickers to give them Mm -hmm. Um, you know, ask that was a big thing, but it, it was just posting a lot on Instagram. And, and I think at that time, Instagram was a little bit, the algorithm was a little nicer. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's just gotten worse and worse and worse if you're a business trying to promote. Like they're just yeah. going to try to suck every freaking thing out of you. <laughs> if you want attention to do it these days, so... And and I don't think we actually like we weren't we weren't really like trying to convince our like uh, guests to, like hey promote us like we asked them to share it if they could it wasn't like a a big ask but mm-hmm. it was mostly yeah hustling on on Instagram to to promote the podcast and in the first week of the first episode coming out we had I think like a hundred listens and and actually in the first day and. And we, that was when we were like, we, we have something here. Like we, there's something special here. And we kept on, we did that for. So were you both interviewing people? It was three of us actually. Three of you interviewing (laughs) whoever you had on. Whoever we had on. Yeah. And so it was usually, usually one, we usually had one guest and it was just a fun, like it was just, we asked questions about Spokane, what their favorite things to do in Spokane are. We you know, have them talk about what they're doing in Spokane. It was really about, you know, featuring local Spokaneites of what amazing things they're doing. And so, mm-hmm. and it, and it was like the first couple of guests we had were, it was that Luke and Ginger. And then we had Carly Ingersoll on, um, and we had, you know, we had a bunch of other Carly from Lucky You. From Lounge. Lucky You. And that was right when Lucky You was also... Getting open. Yeah, it was opening. Was it? Yeah, it was like 2019, I think they opened. They had the Bartlett before. Yeah. Yeah. And having her on and talk... And the kind of the running joke on Spocast was everyone always... 
even at, like after Carly, everyone always talks about like Lucky You as being their favorite place to go in Spokane. Hmm. And, and, and yeah, and so it was, it was a, a lot of fun. We had, yeah. How many episodes did you guys end up doing? Well, we're still kind of doing it, um, but it was mostly uh, in the first like six months. Uh, I think we released about twenty five, um, and we were doing it somewhat weekly. Um, we interrupted them with like other smaller shows, like we would do our own. Um, we called it Extra AF, um, Spokecast Extra AF, and we would do like our own takes on what's kind of going on, like stuff that's going around the on in the city. We would have some friends on. We just the kind of bullshit. Uh, we would just do. We kind of interrupt the the main guest pod, uh, episodes with uh, some some side shows, but it was all going great. It was it was the. 2020 was like the future's bright for Spocast. Um, we promoted ourselves heavily to win best of local podcast on in Inlander's best of. We won that, and and it was the first one that had first Inlander that ever had a, a best of podcast category. And we got interviewed, and we were in the in the magazine or whatever the uh, yeah. inlander and we got it we actually got a write-up in there and and then fucking COVID happened mm-hmm. like <laughs> literally like the the year before i had we had gone to um i had gone to the best of and it was actually here at the wonder building the i went to the best of party and i was like oh my god this is so much fun like i want to win a best of award like this is so cool to win a best of It'd be like, it is a dream to like win this and go to the party, pick up your thing, whatever. And, and the party was all laid out. We were going to go do it. It was, it was March 16th. And a week before that is like when all the COVID stuff started happening. And then they're like, ah, we're not sure if we're going to be able to do this, but we'll see. And then March 16th. And then it just all, everything shut down. Canceled it. And then we tried to do the podcast remotely and like, life had just ended like it was just it was impossible to get to do an episode because we were all remote we couldn't do it in person and it was at that time too and beginning of covid we're like can you be in the same space as someone else can you not like what's how far do you got to be away like it was just like we didn't know you didn't no one really knew how to behave Mm. or how to not behave but how to have life go on and do normal things and so we kind of just paused it all right so your started spokecast things were going well pandemic hits the whammy on you yeah and <laughs> things uh things slowed down because it did for all of us of course um so how did you transition through that time and what were some of the ways you worked around it well I, so still working at the wood shop like i I had um, a lot more free time because we were working remotely a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. most, I mean, I think for the first like three months, like, or two and a half months of COVID, like we were working remotely right. and there's just nothing to do. Like it was, it was a weird time for everyone, I mean, especially in the podcasting world, like in general, like, cause you know, Mark Marin, who I had talked about 
WTF podcast, he had never done a remote podcast ever. Like he'd never done a, a Zoom recording. Right. And it really started changing this world of podcasting for doing Zoom. And like I had been doing a Zoom podcast for already in 2020. Like we started Super 90s Brothers in 2017. So we had already been doing it for three years. And so I was very already familiar with the whole doing a Zoom podcast. So that was great. And Super 90s Brothers had already kind of still been... It was just... I've never really promoted Super 90s Brothers heavily. Uh, but it just always kind of gets listens. Like, I, I don't... I really don't know how to explain it. Because I we will release an episode and in 24 hours we'll get 150 listens. Mm. And it... I mean, that's not a ton in the world of podcasting but like it's a lot for a podcast that doesn't promote itself and but it what nothing really changed so much like it changed that we weren't doing spokecast anymore um you know but i guess kind of from covid really led to me really learning that i could do podcasting professionally is because i had got my equipment i had learned how to do this and through winning Spokane's, you know, best of uh, local podcast, my friend Andrea, who was on Spokecast with us, she had a friend reach out to her who worked for the conservation district. And she was like, hey, we usually do this um, yearly convention, um, a symposium um, called the Farm and Food Expo. And and since it's COVID and we're not doing in-person stuff right now, we don't want to do a Zoom like can, like expo. We don't want to do all of our guest speakers through Zoom, and because people had been doing that, that had been a big, you know, how do how do conventions or how do all these, uh, you know, business conventions still happen, like and how they do it remotely? Mm-hmm. And she had been, Hillary had been doing. Uh, had been doing a lot of these and she's like, she hated it, but she's like, but it was also when she was doing them, she was listening to them and doing stuff around her house. She's like, it sounds like a, it's like a podcast. And so she reached out to Andrea about us helping her produce a podcast for the, the Spokane conservation district. And, and Andrea didn't have any interest in, doing producing it or doing it and and I was the one who was making spokecasts and and I I pitched them my first you know how like 10 episode season like this is how much a 10 episode season is going to cost and I man I don't even know I don't even know how I came up with the numbers I was coming up with I kind of just like set myself at an hourly rate and how much everything would cost to do and I I kind of just proposed it to them and they're like Let's do it. And I was like, you're just going to say yes? Like, they're like, yeah. Like, because the other thing is like they have, being a conservation district, they they get a certain amount of money allotted towards basically yeah. doing this convention. And mm-hmm. and so basically they were like, they're probably saving a lot of money by just doing a podcast. Right. And I, so I, I was like, huh, interesting. And so I was like, maybe I could make this a business. Maybe I make this little side hustle. Like, do two, three podcasts locally, help them produce, you know, uh, their, their, their podcast. And I was, 
it was it was cool. I was like, this could be a good side hustle. Yeah, this was a first sign that you could run a business doing yeah thing and producing <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, but I was also like thinking like if I wanted to make this like a full time job, I would have to do fifty of them to make it like at the rate at the yeah trying. at the rate I was doing it and and it but it was yeah it was very it was very cool and at that same time as i was starting that i found out about this local company um called speak um Mm -hmm. and they were doing exactly what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. they came they i don't even like it was like this is this is my business. This is what I was going to create yeah. Um, yeah. a studio and and make make it accessible for you know people in Spokane to podcast. And it's a blood. I mean, it's the, my my time at Speak is a blessing and a curse. And I, but I, what happened was funny. It was that at the same time the wood shop was working with speak too, like mm-hmm. th- they were doing some stuff some work together mm-hmm. um doing some web design stuff and and i was like this seems like a total conflict of interest to me like th- for you guys to be working with them yeah. and it actually kind of made a me and andrea kind of had an argument about it yeah. and they but they had contacted her about having spokecast on their podcast uh-huh. and like on the speak um and i believe you were inter- i know you were interviewed on the the speak yeah, I was podcast. Yeah, they had I, me on there. Yep. <laughs> and mm. anyways, because they were contacting everyone to come in and check out their space and interview them. Yeah. I don't remember how I first heard of them, but essentially I was, you know, I've been looking to do a podcast. Yeah. I had contacted them, you know, to see what pricing uh, and stuff was. And they're like, hey, why don't you just come in for an interview? Yeah. And this, that, and the third. And uh, yeah, I mean, I met everybody and just the way they had set it up i was not very intrigued by it there was a certain things that just didn't seem right you know for me yeah and what i wanted to do yeah i could i could see that because it's the model was weird when they started it was Um, really weird it was i didn't they switched their model you know half half a dozen times there right um but they contact. They ended up contacting me to help them um, edit their podcasts because mm. I. They didn't know how to do that. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I I I will I will give one of the guys there a benefit of the doubt that he did, knew knew how to do that, but apparently he didn't. Maybe, <laughs> and and so I just started editing their podcasts, and I did it actually for trade. Which was silly. Um, yeah. So wait, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Yeah. So <clears throat> they contact you to do editing for their 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 podcast that they're creating. Yeah. But of course, at the same time, you were like, "This is my business idea." Yeah. Now these sons of bitches are doing it, and then they call you and offer you a job to edit their podcast. But you were also mad with the wood yeah, shop at it, the same time because it was like conflict of interest. So what, like, what, what kind of like led you to take take it on, like, to do it? Because at that time you felt like, well, I'm not going to compete with them, or, right? 
Well, no, what I was, wasn't going to. What was your thought process there? Well, I was intrigued by their their studio. Like it, it was nice. It was a nice. The studio was, was cool. The studio was cool in downtown. Yeah, cool and the, it was area. in the, the Bennett Black. Yeah, uh, and and I was like, oh, I like the idea of like having a, a nice space to record my podcast at. Yeah, it was a good idea. Uh, and I th- and I kind of just position myself there to like get a job because yeah, like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm like, like I'm gonna edit their show the editing's not gonna yeah. take me too long to do right um and I'll just did you feel like it was a good opportunity to kind of see how at the time gonna, uh, operate the your I the idea you had I mean it'd be like a good learning experience and maybe I mean, well, I mean I, when I was there I was promised the world like of you know like it <laughs> was just like they were prom- yeah right? like they were they had this amazing <laughs> idea of like giving podcasting away for free and and yeah. we'd get community involvement to help support the cause and get mm-hmm. and i was like this sounds like a really interesting idea and i can help massage pieces of it to make it approachable and more you know make that idea easy and but that but they were just throwing money at a lot of things mm-hmm. and and i i, I won't talk on that because i don't yeah. I, I feel like i probably could get in trouble for some of the some of the stuff i could say about what was going on mm-hmm. um because i wasn't really a part of that that business decision making but i was i definitely was seeing it uh but i was also like helping them come up with workflows of how to better produce podcasts so it was easier to like to so they wanted like, you to do more they than wanted, editing yeah well and i just kind of sold myself as like because i kind of naturally i was like, a brand well, maker yeah. like i was a. Uh, I mean i had helped build other brands i had helped mm-hmm. you know market other yeah companies like i i knew like how to do that well yeah and, and it's natural for you to be like yo this could be better here yeah like, what are you guys doing this for and and i knew how to do everything that they wanted to do like i could yeah. i could host that podcast that they were doing better i could edited i could get better guests in i could get more podcasts in there i could um i'm a naturally i feel like i'm a naturally like um inviting person and easy to talk to and and i they kind of came off as salesy and kind of inauthentic and they don't aren't really they weren't really spokane they were just trying to Mm -hmm. make some money and i was like well that's not me i'm not just trying to make some money i'm trying to actually give people a a place to to really, you know, do their craft, to do, uh, make their dream come true of making a podcast, making it easy. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just went along with it and I was, you know, offered a, a job and I was off to, offered a really good starting wage. And then I was then offered stock in the company and, and it was all a good experience, but it was, I, yeah, it was all. It was. It was a good experience. Um, I should say that it was just bad management mm-hmm. and um, yeah. bad decision making on the owner's part. So, uh, yeah, because they didn't last long. No, they didn't. <laughs> um, for they didn't last long. And then, like, they opened up, and then within a short time, they're like, "We're opening a podcast in Boise." We're opening a, or a studio, like we're opening studios here, here, here. I'm like, 
You guys haven't even proven success at one place yeah. yet. Like, what are you guys talking about? He'll, opening up multiple studios now. Like, if you guys don't have, yeah, that yeah, was just crazy to me. And I was like, thank God I did not sign up. <laughs> that was not the right place. I felt it in my gut, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely. A, I will say the the podcast is that I the podcast is the podcasts I. Did help start there. I'm working with a handful now. of them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and was good for no, you. it was good for me. Yeah. And and but it it made me. It, I think the one thing it taught me was like this can't exist. Oh, for sure. If if some if someone can manage it correctly and yeah. someone that actually cares about Spokane can do it, like my mm. oh, I was always trying to tell them like we're going too big. Let's make this work in Spokane. Mm-hmm. But it was always about how much money could we make if we mm. open this, 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 this over? And I was like, I was just, wasn't really on board with that. And, but, but through it, I, I got the, the opportunity to produce a couple of really great podcasts and meet a lot of this amazing people. And, mm. and it gave me the, the, the vision to, to do it the right way and to make this space. Yeah. Um, because after I, I had left there, it was just, I did not know what I was going to do. Because it was like, I had had this dream of helping people make podcasts, and but now I was kind of out of a job. When did like you leave there, I guess? When did you leave Speak Studios? I left Speak in August of, yeah, last year of 2021. 21. So I, I was there for about a little over 10 months, about. Um, and I will say one month of that was a good month. (laughs) The rest of it was like writing on the wall, but I was, it was, I'm a very, I feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm a very loyal person and I'm also a very forgiving person. And I just saw a lot of podcasts that I had brought in and that, you know, had, you know, someone particularly had told me like, I really hope this works out because, you know, I, I, by taking my podcast to this level, I don't want to have it go backwards. Mm. And I was just like, that was a lot of a pressure, but it was also like, I, I want to make sure I can always have a space for people to, to do this. And, and yeah, in, in August of last year, I was kind of like, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Um, I because abruptly it wasn't working out with speaks essentially like it just ended with them well essentially I just was never paid I I for three months I was not paid by speak Uh and I'm not afraid to tell to say that and you were were paid the first seven months and then three months well I will say I was paid some some months and I was not paid other months and I was promised but then stocks for stock options for months that I wasn't paid which Uh yeah yeah (laughs) um Mm -hmm. i'm a bit of yeah i was a bit of a i learned a lot about working with people too during this process is like you know i i know who to sniff out when working with the right people because Mm -hmm. like i because i almost got fooled again after i left speak because there was an opportunity to go work for another company locally um 
to help them do some podcasts and do some 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 programming. And I was like, like similar to the idea. No, not similar to not not, not similar to speak um, or Spocast. It was more, you know, helping them with their own original content. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. And and I. I, then I realized my my views did not really align with that company, and I was kind of told by some friends that I probably shouldn't go work for them. And I was like, I was that was a good good decision. And so it was through that, like and that was like last August September, where I I had about three three or four podcasts that I was still producing and still helping you know create, and they they were still sticking with me and. And I was I was podcasting in my basement. I was podcasting at um, fellow um, Luke Baumgarten, who was who also does a local podcast called Range. Um, you know, he l- gave me the opportunity to go work at Fellow and use their space for producing podcasts. And and that's where I kind of I kind of s- sat there for about six months and. Fellows the co-working yeah, space. Yeah, Fellows the co-working space in the in the Cracker Building right above uh, uh, Hogwash mm-hmm. and uh, IPK um, in the Pacific Kitchen. And yeah, it, I worked there and, you know, got my bearings of, you know, getting more podcasts. Um, but I was also like moving my equipment around every... I didn't have like a dedicated space. I had... Yeah, you had a just had co-working my, space. Exactly. I was like using their bright... They're using their rooms. Luke there too to... Because uh, I wanted a professional space to host my podcast, and that was one of the biggest things. I actually had met Luke there. It must have been before you got there because they were like, yeah, well, you could probably use these conference rooms, you know, mm. kind of thing to do it in. Interesting. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I didn't know. I just didn't feel like it was going to work out for me at that time. So I just, I didn't pursue that. But yeah. Yeah. I know they had visions of making one of their rooms into like a podcasting studio. Um, why one of the, I know that one of the rooms particularly like was, is a very small room, but, uh, yeah, they had visions of that, but it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of equipment. It takes a lot of, you know, you have to have someone that knows what they're doing to help, you know, produce the stuff for you or at least help you set it up. And, you know, that's kind of what I've always been trying to, to do at Spocast is making podcasting approachable for anyone who wants to do it at all levels of expertise, like, you know, you could probably edit a podcast or you could probably do all the pieces of it, but like, I can, you can't, but like, it's just, I just don't want to. Right. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. Like for me to spend that time, I like, I just, I've tried to do those things on my own. Like whether it was, uh, cause I, I know what, I what I'm good at and that's like I'm the idea I'm the Mm -hmm. visionary that's what I do but I can't execute all these skill sets to make all those visions or things I want to do come true like I'm one man at the end of the day so to do all of those things it's just like it takes a toll on you to try to learn all those skill sets and like you can you can really boss through it if you want to yeah but for me it's like I'd rather reserve that energy so you know that's why I waited until this, you know, this opportunity with you presented itself where it's worked out exactly how I would want, you know, a relationship and podcasting to work. So, yeah, no, I mean, 
I, I want to make it as turnkey as possible and make it as easy for anyone to come in here and, you know, start a podcast and make it approachable too. Like I, I believe in equity when it comes to like how I charge clients. Like mm-hmm. I, and the example I always give is like if Apple came and asked me to make a podcast for them, the cost for them to make a podcast versus the cost that of someone just starting out to make a podcast who doesn't really have much money to make a podcast. Like, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be different costs. Like, Mm -hmm. because, and that's how, and I, I really think that's how business sometimes should be just because, you know, what, because in maybe like goods is a different story, but in service provided, like, you know, I don't want to make this unapproachable. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want, to just give it a, I mean, I also don't want to just make it too if, accessible. Well, I, I shouldn't say uh, too accessible, but like, um, um for example, um, Spokane Library just opened up a, a podcasting studio. Right. You can go and reserve it um, a couple hours. You can, I think you can record it, reserve it two hours at a time, and you can use their space, use their mics and their board, and you can use it all. Uh, but they kind of just put you in there. And then, yeah, you gotta know. You how gotta to gotta know how to do it. it. You gotta yeah. you gotta edit it, and then you gotta do the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to struggle with that. That's what stops people from producing their podcasts. Yeah. Is like, That's like it's me. you know what like having to edit the podcast, having to publish it, having to do all these pieces of it. Like it's I you know, I w- will say like I'm the most inconsistent podcaster because doing my own work. Like I doing my own podcast, like none of my podcasts have ever come out on a, on a weekly schedule, like for a, an extended period of time, because like, it's easy to just be like, I got other things to worry about. Mm-hmm. And, but like the one thing I know I am good at is sticking, making sure that my clients podcast come out on time and that it's done well and that it's done, you know, professionally and that you have good sounding stuff. Like, like I don't want to get that. Re- like I, like when someone turns on your podcast, I want it to sound as amazing as it can. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why we have the the you know why I use the best equipment. I don't want to, I don't want to make this sound like you're like it's a hobby. Yeah, no, you don't know <laughs> sound that way. Yeah, no, everything sounds so great with uh, my podcast. You know, I mean. Uh, you know, I tried before with mics, and I got good mics. It's just just to get the sound right and all that. It takes a you know, it if you don't know, it takes a lot to learn that you know, and to get it to sound very clean. Um, I just love showing up, recording, <laughs> and getting the files. That's all I want to do. <laughs> right. I don't um, want to have to worry about anything else. I love the creative aspects, you know, and thinking about the interview and those kinds of things. But as far as like the back end work to get it ready to post, I don't want to have to really think about that part, you know? Um, But, you know, from, from going and working at fellow to, to where I am today, like it's, it's kind of been a dream to like, to actually be doing, you know, what I'm doing now. Like, I I feel like someone might have said on your show, uh, like when you do what you love, 
it doesn't really feel like work or mm. in like, I, I really like, I get to come into my studio every day. I get to help people podcast. Like it's, and I get to meet really, really extraordinary people all the time. I get to listen to the podcast live. Like, and, and it's just, I can't really, I, I, if you told me three, if you told me in, you know, 2019 when I was had kind of coming up with this idea that I would be, you know, helping create 25 podcasts locally in Spokane, I would, would have told you you're crazy. Mm, that's <laughs> and, how many you're helping with right now, or that's how many yeah, I, you have. I think, I mean, I, the number right now is about, I have 25 active podcasts and then I have about 33. So about, I think about eight more, like kind of in progress, mm-hmm. like in like, yeah, g- either going to be releasing in the next couple months or in the process of starting. Uh, and it's just like, ha- I just have a lot in, and it's amazing, like how many people, you know, want to start podcasts. Like, it's amazing when you go, like when I go to like an event and I talk to them and talk to, when you tell someone you're a podcaster or you're a podcast producer, it, you know, it's a lot more interesting than telling someone you're an accountant, you know, like, and they want to talk to <laughs> It's always funny when I'm hanging out with Abby and she doesn't want to talk to someone. She just tells them that I'm a podcast producer and they're like, they totally ignore her and then they just talk to me and then I'm stuck having to explain or talk about podcasting, which I love doing, obviously. So... Yeah. <laughs> it's a business. Uh but yeah, I I don't think I could I can't say enough how l- lucky I am to to be in in the space and that I now have great partners that I'm working with that you know afford me the time to to be able to be a part of I mean to be able to to create this and to keep it going. So So a fellow, were you running this concept with like hosting client based podcasts? Is that what you were doing at fellow too? So at fellow, I was just kind of a contract. I mean, I was just my, I was just spokecast like this kind of renting the space Mm -hmm. there, like a a co-working space. Um, But you were bringing, you were like helping run other people's podcasts. Yeah, but not, it wasn't people at fellow or people that were coming to fellow. It was mostly my clients. And that's what I mean. Oh yeah. 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 You had the business model yes. set up. As I had the business model as, as soon as I got, well, I had, out of speak, you know, right? I had, I had it already set up. Because once you left speak, there was, you know, you were working with clients but yeah. before speak. So when speak, you know, fell through essentially those people are like, hey, I, I still need to record my podcast. Yeah. They're like, well, well, yes, I can still help you. Yeah, I can still help you, yes. Uh, and some of some of those podcasts had some lulls, and some of them I either just reached out to and said, hey, I'm doing this myself now. Like, yeah, if you want to come. If you want to come, if you want right. to come work with me. Like, um, and, and then just through word of mouth. And, you know, through my, you know, my relationship with Luke and helping him with range, uh, he got me connected with the Spokane Workers Co-op. Um, and I actually ended up joining the co-op at the beginning of 2022. Um, so my my business is actually part of a, a larger entity. Um, and I, I have, and I get to be a part of that versus kind of having to run my business by myself. What are some of the benefits of that? Well, uh, you know, the kind of the biggest 
the big benefits are, you know, revenue sharing and and kind of having a stable income as I'm growing my business. Mm. Um, I any money that is made for Spocast goes towards goes back to SWC, and instead of me making you know money just off of the clients that I'm having come in, I'm I'm actually just getting a salary. Yeah. And so I, uh, that's nice. And so I, I have that and I've been able to help grow my business easier without having to like, dude, the stress that you dude, don't have yeah, to worry about. Exactly. Wow. And so like, <laughs> and they, huge. and they, and they help me with all the, you know, the biggest the other benefits are like, they help me with the, you know, tax stuff. They help me with, um, mm-hmm. business license stuff. They, I have insurance through them. I, have a lot of I have a lot of the perks that you'd have that of working for a you know a a big company yeah um and but I'm a worker owner and so I mm-hmm. I actually am I mean I'm I, I'm a part owner in all of the co-op of all the other businesses that are a part of it as well um, which are uh, Golden Handle Brewing um, I haven't heard of them they're uh, they're actually in the old Steel Barrel Tap Room okay um, yeah. So they're there. Uh, Great Harvest Bakery up on the South Hill. Um, Range um, is a is a like a news organization. That's that's Luke's company. And then it's a news organization. Yeah, they they do news stories locally of like about you know what's going on in Spokane. Um, from you know they do a lot more pieces that about you know how the people within our community are treated um, and. You know, very active, very, very active. Yeah, very active. Very, you know, showing the the human side of like, like one of the big pieces that they've done recently is uh, Camp Hope. Yeah. Um, and they drive by it every day almost. And and they've gone into Camp Hope and talked to the homeless, houseless in Camp Camp Hope and asked them why are they there? What like how what brought you here and. Um, and done stories on, you know, talking to them of like, you know, what led you to be homeless. Here. Yeah. And, um, and, and so they, they're, they're trying to tell stories like that and just give more of a human element to what's going on in our city versus like that, you know, thousand, the, uh, like the more not getting the human element there. Uh, yeah. Cause we, we like to. <laughs> separate ourselves from them right like we like they're the, a whole another species almost or it, something like it's no yeah there's a few degrees of separation and you could have been there too for sure yeah so then there's a there's a couple other companies uh that are a part of it as well but yeah being a part of the co-op has afforded me the ability to just grow my company a it lot sounds great man i didn't quicker. know how it worked really so yeah. it sounds like you get a salary you don't have to stress about a lot of different things with the income of the business allows you the freedom of creativity, really, Mm -hmm. you know, and they obviously believed in the idea, brought you in on the co-op. So that's, that's amazing, man. That's really good. And yeah, so that's it. I, and yeah, and through that, I've just, I've, I've met a lot of other, you know, clients and I, I think it just keeps on growing. The more, you know, people, used to think of podcasting as like i want to be the next joe rogan or like i 
want to like, and yeah, I, ha- you, would, you would hear people say a lot, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, like it's too late to start a podcast. Yeah, for like, sure. You're never going to be like Joe Rogan or it's stuff like, like that. Yeah. It's like, that's not and why well, I ever wanted to do it. So yeah, I don't know. And kind of what I've, to- I, I feel like I've, I tell people is, you know, there are so many podcasts out there. It's true. It's true. But everyone has, you know, there, I mean, it's a lot like what you're saying with city chapters. I mean, everyone has their own story to tell and everyone has their own idea and everyone has their passions that they want to share with the world. Like there's so many different style podcasts that can be successful in how you gauge your success is different for everyone. Like if you want thousands of listens, you're going to have to hustle. You're going to really have to hustle to, you know, promote your podcast to do that. If you, if you know, but if you just want to, do something that is, you know, meaningful to you. Like there's different ways of doing it. Then, yeah. And I've been working a lot more with, you know, local businesses to help, you know, share their stories like within their company or within business to business, um, working with some, like a consultant agency on, uh, and I, yeah. And I also like when I was starting Spocast, the podcast with my friends, I, I had this really like cagey, like, uh, like, oh, no one else can start a Spokane podcast because <laughs> there can only be one. There can only be one Spokane podcast. Yeah, and yeah. through that, I've learned, no, that's not true. There can be hundreds of Spokane podcasts. They yeah. just can all tell different stories. There's so many different stories to tell here. And, mm. you know... That's why I, you know, like I never understood some, you know, the concept of like uh, people who try to close out other people, you yeah. know, in their marketplace or whatever. It's like, yo, there's enough for all of us to eat, you know. Yeah. If you're that insecure about your product, <laughs> right? That's really what is coming. It comes down to. It's yeah. like you're, you know, it's an insecurity thing mm-hmm. because you're worried about people taking your piece of the pie. Yeah. And you're only thinking of that piece of the pie. There's a whole pie here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you're only focused on your little piece. And so if anybody takes that piece, it's just because you feel like these people are doing something better than you. Yeah. And you're at the end of the day worried about somebody doing something better than you. That's really what it always comes down to. So people try to gatekeep to keep people from getting that opportunity mm. to even be better than them you know what i'm saying yeah for sure but we all deal with it. Mm-hmm. it like even if you're aware of that yeah it's hard not to think of those things you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like it's yeah it's hard not to be like oh is somebody gonna you know i'm gonna bring somebody on my podcast and then they're gonna have them on theirs yeah you know what i mean like so what and so then what? it's yeah. more <laughs> exposure and i also think too like you know, like whoever you are hosting a podcast, well, that's unique to you. Mm-hmm. You're a unique person. Now, whether your uniqueness means your podcast is going to flourish or not, that's that's a different ball game that sure. we're talking about. But it doesn't it doesn't mean you can't play the game. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you can't have a podcast. Um, and yeah, and it's all about like what your goals are for me. You know, the biggest thing for me is like, you know, po- this podcast that I've been finding for me, it's like therapy. Mm-hmm. This is for me to sit down and have un- uninterrupted conversations with people for around two hours right now. Yeah. You don't get to do that in normal life. No. You don't get to do that no more. You don't get to sit down and talk with people uninterrupted anymore. 
that shit don't happen. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it really doesn't. Not even with your loved ones. Mm. Hardly ever because a phone's going to go off or something's mm-hmm. going to, oh, I need to go do this or I need to clean this. You know, like yeah. whatever it is, like you don't get to sit down and just talk with people anymore. Yeah. So that's why I do this. You know, that that's my reason. If I get a thousand views, a hundred views, a million views, cool. Yeah. But I do it because I want to sit and learn and talk with people. You know, that's why I do it. Yeah. I mean, it's why all the podcasts that I've ever started have always mostly started from the fact that, like, I just want to hang out with this person. Like, when I started my podcast with my buddy who lived in the Bay Area, like, I was just like, it's just nice to talk to him, you know, once a week, every other week. And when I started my podcast with my friends, like, it was great to, like, hang out with him. And it was great meeting new people in Spokane. Like, I would, like, genius idea. The first person I ever interviewed on that podcast was Luke Baumgarten. And now, I'm he helped me now he helped me yeah. create this like yeah. I if I didn't do that I don't know if I'd be here right now and like mm-hmm. same with like the podcast I have with my wife like I we don't do it as much anymore but when we do our podcast it's like it's such a, a, a having un, an uninterrupted hour with her yeah. like just talking to her about like what's going on in our lives or what's going on in uh, we do a lot of like pop culture stuff and play games and it's just a good way to just like f- get this connection because when mm-hmm. you go to, you go to dinner, you're going to be distracted by your phone or you're going to be distracted by whatever. Or you, you're like, whenever you take that, try to be meaningful about like not being distracted. It's, it's always difficult. You always still kind of, it's always still kind of in the back of your mind, but for whatever reason, for me, podcasting, like, I can get completely like zoned, it, in. zoned into that, yeah. into that person. Yeah. Um, People will be like, oh my God, we talked for three hours, <laughs> right? two hours. Like, I didn't know that was fast. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's what it's like when you actually sit and talk with people uninterrupted. You mm. know, it's like, honestly, it doesn't feel like enough time, but it's enough. It, it is enough time to get a, a good base established with that person. And, you know, you know, there's not many people, like a lot of people that I've had on the podcast, maybe they, uh, quite a few haven't been on podcasts before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to have that experience with them and, you know, be able to sit with them for that amount of time, that's like, that's something that me and them, that person have together now. Yeah, you know for sure. I mean? Yeah, and That's something that people can watch now, yeah. you know, and like, you know, if, if, you know, it's just going to be there yeah. for people to see that person if they want to watch and get to know that person better or me or whatever that case mm-hmm. may be. Like, it's special to be able to lock in and sit down and just talk with somebody for two hours in this day and age. Mm. And like, I think that's really the beauty of podcasting for me and like the way that I view it is just like, it's I like sometimes I lose the sight of like why I'm even doing it. But, mm-hmm. you know. Because I think the only reason that happens is I get convoluted with ambitious goals of what the podcast needs Mm. to be. And I always come back to like, dog, I'm just doing this to talk to people. Yeah. Like wherever it goes, cool. And of course, I'm going to try to handle things at at a professional level. But I need people that can do that for me. That's why you're such an essential part Mm. of this podcast because... 
I would be too stressed out to try to do all of this and all the other things I do for my businesses. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So for me to be able to just show up and talk with people and then I'm out, it's like, that's amazing. For sure. Like it's, it's really stress free for me. So, um, I'm glad I could provide it for you. I I mean, I got to say like working with you has, it's been, I mean, not, not a lot. I don't think, I don't think we ever talked about this. You've ever talked to us on the podcast, but, uh, our friend comment, John Ward, John Ward, uh, he, I, I believe he recommended you to me or you to me. Um, yeah, I and, had, yeah, basically I had seen you guys doing stuff. I had seen you before here or there through different means. Yeah. Then John was working with you and I was like, yo, what's, you know, what's going on with you and he, this yeah. guy Brennan, I was like, uh, I'm trying to get a podcast started. You should make that introduction. And he got right on it for me yeah. and, and made it happen. And I, mean, I bet I met John on a, on a podcast, like, yeah. and, and your first guest on the show, Jazz, like mm-hmm. I became quick friends with Jazz because he, he worked right across the street and, yeah. um, we had similar interests and we were trying to do some projects together. But I mean, even the guests that you've had come through, like it's, Dave even like they and they I would say like your guests have been great like they they treat me like I'm a a person here like I'm not just like a person producing your podcast or like the guy behind the board like er, like I've I've talked to a couple other your guests outside of uh, outside of here and I it's just been it's been real special like watching uh, you do this podcast and seeing it grow and the conversation you've had have had like is it's been it's been very special and it's cool to be a part of and i think i before this i was like you you have been one of my most uh if not the most consistent podcasts i've had in the past six months so i, I appreciate your your dedication to it and i think that's a great question i need to start adding to people's intakes is like why are you why do you want to make a podcast because i think when you ask yourself that question, if you like, why do you want to do it? Like if it is about making money or if it is about getting fame, like, you know, you got to come at it the right way then, you know, like, but I, I, I like that because I've never really, I've never really thought about that when I've been making my, my purposes of making podcasts have mostly been for connection and for trial and error just testing stuff out you know something, yeah something you'd <laughs> like to do and something to do that you enjoy mm. right so yeah i um yeah i don't know i mean to each their own i just i just think like um how do you how do you remain being authentic you know and and if my intentions were to be like oh i'm gonna I'm going to blow this podcast up to be <laughs> this big old thing. You know, it's like you, you get lost in that. And, um, and I think that, that really kind of ekes out of the content that you create as mm. you interview people, as you, as you're acting as this persona to be that guy, you know? And, and so, um, I think I'm starting this podcast at a good age and time in my life because I've worked through a lot of those egocentric um, personality traits that I had for sure, you know, cause I, I definitely at one time was like v- much more ego driven and like want to mm. be that guy, you know? And it's like, um, 
I don't have that now, you know, it's like, I mean, you know, I always deal with it at some level. We all do. But now it's just like, you know, one of my friends told me the other day, he's like, dude, it's like each podcast has, you know, gotten better. It's gotten smoother. Mm. He's like, they were always good, but he knows me really well. So he's just like, it just seems so natural to you. And that that's what's been cool too. everybody that has came on, you know, or the feedback or the people that have listened to it and. I know personally when I see them, they're like, yeah, bro, you just, you seem really natural at it. Mm -hmm. And that's because I'm approaching it in a natural way. I'm approaching this as, you know, just a natural conversation more than it is like an interview, you know, like I don't really approach it like an interview necessarily. I approach it like I want to have a conversation and learn from this person and hear what they have to say. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, a lot of times I am just sitting back and I'll just listen because it's like, that person's on a roll, like, <laughs> right. you know, like, um, but there's, you know, things to learn and, uh, you've, you've got such a head start on all of this. It's, you know, great to be able to team up with you mm. and, uh, you know, give opportunities to others, mm-hmm. you know, that do want to get started and making that painless for them, because I know there's gotta be a lot of, amazing people out there that could utilize Spocast in a way to get their podcast going, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's just, yeah, you've set it up the way that it should be, you know, and, um, I, I appreciate that. And I, I actually have never told many people this. I am working on a couple of different things, but for your listeners or anyone, I mean, I, I really, if you ever just want to find out about what it's like to make a podcast and want to, you know, pick my brain, like, please reach out to me. Like you can email me at hello at Spocast. You can connect with Bobby. He can connect you with me. Like I, I do want to make this space for everyone. And if anyone wants to ever just come and try it out and, or just talk about it, like I'm, I about being authentic, like I'll tell you like, what you need to do to start a podcast. Like I'm not afraid to like lose a podcast to someone else that's producing here in Spokane or the library who's doing it, you know, for free offering their, their stuff for free. Like I'm always want to be a part of the community to, to tell people like how to like make this possible because, you know, I, you know, I've gone through the, the process of making a ton of podcasts and they haven't all been hits and they, uh, and there's been a lot of trial and error, but like I, I, you know, have I, I think I've said this multiple times, like it's all about just making it easier for everyone. And even if it's just making it easier for someone to, to just learn a little bit from me, like I'm, I'm always happy to, to, to lend a, lend a mouth, lend a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always, I'm always willing to like just give some advice. <laughs> lend a mouth. Um, uh, and yeah, and, and I and and I, you know, actually, I was with my uh, another life coach a couple of weeks ago, and I've, you know, even as much as like all, like I, I like to give out this persona, like everything's sunshine and rainbows, like mm-hmm. it, it, it is, but it's also like it's it's it is work, but I've found myself getting into like a lot of creative ruts, like I just like I don't create anymore, and. Mm-hmm. And, I know all about those. <laughs> and they actually encouraged me to, you know, like, why don't you just do what you know how to do best and make some podcasts? Because, like, the one thing I will say is, like, whenever I make podcasts with people, I'm always relying on 
someone else's time or um, like, you know, if, if it's my wife, like I, I like her to listen to the podcast to give me notes. Say if I do a podcast with my buddy Adam, like he's helping me prepare for it. We have to put a time together. Like um, if I do the other version of Spocast with my friends, I got to get about four people together at the same time in this place. And so I've actually, I'm going to relaunch um, Spocast Extra AF, um, mm-hmm. which was a podcast I used to do with them, but it's going to just be my version of Spocast by myself uh, where I interview kind of people in Spokane and mm-hmm. just make it really, but I want to focus on doing a more shorter style interview, mm-hmm. um, having it be a little bit more, fun with like some games i like doing games and podcasts games yeah, are always yeah. no that's cool <laughs> I, I think you and, know finding a form of entertainment um during a podcast is smart you yeah know? i was watching uh drink champs with dj Khaled, mm. <laughs> the new one that just came out yeah and like, dj Khaled, man that guy is he is hilarious he is, yeah. I, I was just like, I was just watching like comedy. That, yeah, that podcast. Just they do this drinking game, and <laughs> DJ Khaled just gets so wasted, but he's just so <laughs> funny, you know. Oh, uh, I've been hilarious. I used to drink on. We used to drink martinis on my my podcast, with my wife, and yeah. those podcasts. You like, oh, we're only at thir- we're only at thirty minutes. Like this podcast can get over sh- shortly, and then we. You know, have a martini and we have maybe another drink. Yeah. And by the time we're done, it's like two hours. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to edit a ton of this out. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, the point of that one is just to have a creative outlet. And I've I've actually gotten to a space where in my life where like it's a lot easier for me to to, to produce my own content myself. And, and I really want to utilize my space and showcase what I can do um, as a podcaster and as a a producer and yeah. um and just make a fun show this showcasing some of you know the great people in Spokane and I got some cool people coming up on on the first couple episodes and I also want to showcase my my clients my my podcasters who mm. who are, who make this make this possible so I'll definitely invite you on maybe I'll have you on episode 10 yeah <laughs> that'll be sweet man I look forward to it um yeah is there anything else you want to touch on no, I, I mean, I feel like we, we covered a lot. I, I, yeah. if you're, you know, if you're still listening, thank you for sticking around for my story. And I, I, I get really long winded. I, yeah. that is my, my, uh, probably my, the, the thing I'm, I'm really good at is I'm good at talking. It's probably why I got into podcasting. Yeah, it I makes like, sense. <laughs> We, um, we, it got nice there at the end. We, we, we had a lot more back and forth. There. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, you gotta, you know, it's all, you know, for me, it's, it's all about letting people tell mm-hmm. how they got to where they're at, you know, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot. Yeah. That's you know a, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it took me, long, yeah. it took me a long, long time. It took me a long everybody. time to get here. Yeah. Like yeah, so. I've had so many, I mean, I've never like, and I will say like, well, I've learned a lot from the, the guests that you've had on and, you know, like I've never had to face much adversity in my life and and my privilege definitely shows because I definitely have given been given a lot, uh, but I definitely want to make this space more accessible for for everyone. And so, and I really want to give back to this community because it's given so much to me 
and uh, and I love Spokane. Spokane is my home. It's why I call this Spokast. It's usually why I have purple hair, um, but I don't have purple hair right now. Uh, but it's it's such an amazing city, and it's only getting more amazing and growing. and And I I'm excited for you know for seeing I, chapter 100 from City Chapters. I I when I listen to your um, episode when so one the story I was going to tell is that I got to edit your. You never pub- they never published the episode from Speak that you interviewed with uh, one of the, the original guys there. Yeah. But I, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, my God, this is... I had seen city chapters around in, in Spokane, and I was like, oh, and I had seen your Instagram and your website. And and when I was at, at Speak, actually, they we got... Um, zip ups that said yeah, spoke right. spokecast on the back yeah. or not spokecast speak mm-hmm. and I loved wearing that thing around mm-hmm. and then when speak ended I was like God I wish I could just take that off because I do not want to wear it anymore yeah. um, but then I, I feel like when we first started you gave me that that jacket and I just it's a little hot right now but yeah, yeah. I love I love repping city chapters I love what you're doing in the city and I think I. I I think it's, uh, I think this podcast is going to be like, I love telling people like, just wait, like every podcast are evergreen, like especially this style of podcast where it can just get more and more. And as there's more content, it will just more people will go back and listen to the old stuff if they're listening to the new stuff. And I just see so much potential in the stories that you're telling and the, the, com- the community that you're creating here in our town. Uh, I think it's really cool, dude. So yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you even, you know, coming and telling me, uh, asking me to, about helping you start a podcast. Yeah. We're just so, getting started. Yeah, you for know, sure. Episode or chapter 10, you know, we're calling the episodes chapters. Be clever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, we're like, I'm just getting started and we're, of course, like I said, I do this to, um, just have these conversations, but we're going to continuously seek how to make this podcast better and better and better, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we got some heavy hitters that are on the list. I'm just, you know, waiting until things are more dialed in, yeah. but I, I feel like we're getting to into good strides now. I feel very comfortable now doing this. I don't get nervous anymore when I show up. Yeah. I don't, I don't even worry about it. Like, I'm, I just know it's going to be all right, you know, when I show up. Mm-hmm. At first, you know, I was a little bit maybe more nervous about it, but I do feel pretty natural behind it. And I feel like we're going to start really getting into the stride. And, uh, uh, you know, some things in my life have freed up a lot more energy for me to have a lot more creative focus. Mm. Um, so that's going to start showing as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll put a how to get a hold of Spokecast and Brennan in our show notes. And that way, if you are interested in starting a podcast or even just knowing kind of what it would look like to start the podcast, you'll know where to find this man. Yeah. And yeah. I will say this too, like if you're interested in coming on to the new style of Spokecast podcast that I'm starting, like reach out to that to me there too. Cause I really want to provide an, an another space cause it's going to be a weekly podcast and it's going to be this a short little 45, 30 minute podcast. And, uh, and just really, I really want to focus 
and feature a lot of uh, the voices in Spokane and uh yeah, and I, well, I'm, 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 I'm just gonna steal all your all your guests. Like they're just That's all cool because I'm stealing <laughs> yours. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll work out, man. It'll yeah, work for out. sure. All right, well, cool. Uh, that's chapter 10 with Brendan Pointer. I am Bobby J. This is City Chapters Podcast. I make my humble beginnings with winnings and chemists as far as I know. Whoa, sugar and spice, I'm everything nice. I give you advice, they give you a price. If you paid attention, you'll see what I'm kicking. I'm wasting your money by saying it twice. Shit is a game, you want to complain, you're blaming your L's on the dice. Mama just whipped up the cobbler, so I had to call it a reserve a slice. <laughs> Whole fam gotta eat. Clothes now don't get fed. So all I had to do was speak. Now I'm talking myself in the bread. And y'all been talking me disease. <laughs>